Let me ask you a question quickly here. What do you want to see? Let me, let, me, let me just break that down a bit. What do you want to see? In your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your health, your destiny, your finances, your walk with Christ. What do you want to see? Matter of fact, let me push that. Let me digress on that. What do you need to see? Forget about want. What do you need to see in your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your destiny, your calling, your health, your financial circumstance? What do you need to see? I need you to believe with me in Jesus' name. Believe with me. And this is, I know it's, it sounds a little bit unorthodox. You need to believe with me that God has the power to open up your eyes for you to see what you're not currently seeing. I am believing in for three things before this summer is over. I'm believing that you're going to see order. In all aspects of your life, you're going to see the order of God. I'm believing that God's going to put things in its proper order, which means he'll move something out of its current reality and put it in its right alignment. When God moves something, there may be a bit of discomfort. There may be a season where you ask questions. Not every I may be dotted and T may be crossed. But if there's something that God has shifted, if he is sovereign over your life, if he rules over your life, you need to believe him to be the God of order. Believe that he's putting things right. If recently things have been removed, stop questioning God and stop giving him praise because he's putting things in order. Somebody say order. 1 Corinthians 14, our God is a God of order. The first thing you're going to see is order. The second thing you're going to see is overflow. Somebody say overflow. overflow. That's when God pours out in such a way that you need help to manage it. When it's beyond you, Ephesians 3, 20, exceedingly abundantly above all, anything and everything you could imagine around. And then the third thing you're going to see, look at the O's here, order, overflow. The third thing you're going to see is overthrow. Overthrow. Let me define it for you. The removal of any authority over your life that controlled you or governed you. A thought, a re the removal of something or someone that had authority of your life that you did not invite or endorse or ordain. The removal of unauthorized forces that governed over you or influenced you in such a way that it placed a lid on your destiny, purpose, or promise. It could be a thought. It could be a relationship. It could be guilt. It could be shame. It could be temptation. It could be sin. So here's what I'm believing. That before this summer, matter of fact, before this service is over, there's going to be an overthrow in your life. Now I'm going to speak prophetically, not only in your life, but over the life of the people you love in your family, over your children and your children's children, there's going to be an overthrow. Whatever is not of God, we're going to kick the hell out of hell. Whatever is there, try to hold back your purpose. Somebody shout overthrow. So it's, I'm going to title this the next 18 minutes together. I won't stop until I see it. Somebody say, I won't stop until I see it. I want to give you quick biblical references of moments that people wanted to see something and they engaged in a prophetic principle, a biblically substantiated dynamic with Christ that enabled them to see something different. On different occasions, I mean, real quick, we're going to expedite the process here. If you're taking any notes, number one, first of all, you have to believe you're going to see these things. Number one, in order to see it, you must, you, in order to see it, you must connect to God's original plan. 
I'll repeat that for the hearing impaired. In order to see it, you must connect to God's original plan. John chapter 9, you know the story, I've preached on it before. Then he spit on the ground, made mud the saliva. Ooh, that's holy Listerine, baby. And spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. You know the story, we've preached on it. This is the man in John chapter 9 who was born blind. Jesus comes along, he takes his spit, literally his spit, his spittle. He spits with the gra- on the ground, the dirt. He makes, he combines his spit with the dirt, places the mud ball, the clay out of his spit and the dirt, places it in the guy's eyes. We've heard that, but I want you to hear this. It's the original plan. Watch this. You know this. The spit has the DNA of Jesus. You, the DNA, just fit, factual science, the DNA, the, per, the only perfect DNA in, the his, in all of the universe. There was no disease in that DNA. There was no imperfection in that DNA. There was no genetically predisposed issue, limitation, or weakness in that DNA. It is the only perfect DNA, baby. I mean, that was just perfection. Are you with me? He took his DNA. He combined it with the dirt. Why the dirt? Genesis 2, 7, what did God make man out of? The dirt represents God's original plan. Oh, you're going to get this in a second. He takes his DNA, he combines it with his original plan, and he places it on the eyes of a man who was born blind. He took his DNA and his original plan. Are you with me? He, he just placed his original plan activated by his DNA on a man who was born blind. Are you getting this? If you want to see what you haven't seen before, in order to see what we just talked about, the order and the overflow and the overthrow, you must be connected to God's original plan. And I want to tell you this. In God's original plan, you are not an addict. In God's original plan... In God's original plan, you are not an alcoholic. In God's original plan, you are not the devil's punching bag. In God's original plan, you are, respectfully, you are not somebody's booty call. In God's original plan, you are not an object. In God's original plan, you are not a this. In God's original plan, you are the righteousness of God. You are the masterpiece of God. You are blessed and highly favored. You are anointed, saved, delivered, and healed. If you're ready to see God's original plan for you and your children and your children's children. Give God a shout of praise in this place. Matter of fact, I dare you to raise your hands right now. I dare you to say right now, as for me and my house, we are connected to God's original plan. You have no idea what you're saying. In God's original plan, you don't have diabetes. In God's original plan, you're not held down by cancer. In God's original plan, you're not the tail, you're the head. In God's original plan, you're not on the ground dragging, you're flying from glory to glory. In God's original plan, are you with me right now? You gotta connect to God's original plan. His original plan for you and your family. Oh. In God's original plan, you don't struggle with anxiety. Depression doesn't jack you up every day. In God's original plan, he saved, delivered, healed you. And and reactivated his original plan for you. Ah, the original plan, the original plan, the original plan, the original plan. In order to see it, You need to learn to do things by yourself. 
So Jesus takes his DNA and his original plan, places it on a blind man's eye. Original plan and DNA. And then Jesus tells him, I'm going to tell you what Jesus did not do. I'm going to take you by the hand, sunshine. And I'm going to walk you to the pool. And I'm going to wash you. Didn't happen. Matter of fact, it sounds cruel, Brother Sean. Jesus told a blind man who had spit and mud in his eye, in top of not, even if he could see, now he was blind. I mentioned before, it's a double blind study. So Jesus really got this guy. And Jesus tells him, one, tells him, go wash yourself. No, you missed it. First of all, tells him, go ahead, you walk. I'm not going to walk for you. I already gave you what you need. I'm not going to turn it on for you. You, no, look, I bought you the lamp. I gave you the light bulb. I put everything together. I even plugged it in. It's up to you to turn on the light. I'm not going to do it all for you. I can't make you confess me as Lord and Savior. I mean, I could, but I don't want to because you're not a robot. It's called free will. I already gave you what you need. You already have it. You have my DNA. You have my original plan. Now it's up to you to walk yourself to that pool and wash yourself. I don't know if you're getting this. Some of you are, you can't see order, overflow, and overthrow because you're dependent on other people. You are so dependent on other people. You're, you're always waiting for somebody to help you. I, I can't wait to somebody pray for me. I'm waiting for somebody to give me a word. I'm waiting for somebody to shift my atmosphere. Hey, there are things you got to learn to do all by yourself. You got to learn to pray for yourself. You got to learn to praise all by yourself. When no one's there to praise with you, praise in the words of the bishop that was involved. Learn to praise all by yourself. You got to learn to prophesy to yourself. I'm going to teach you how to do it. How do you prophesy to yourself? Well, you go into your room. You turn on the light. You go to the mirror. You look at the mirror and you look at the mirror and say, you, I have a word for you. I said, I have a word for you. And then you got to get a little bit authoritative and say, I need your undivided attention, you, because you easily get distracted. You, I have a word for you. Here's the word. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God before you, who can be against you? You and your house will be saved. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. The Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. Somebody give God a word like you know I shall. Learn to prophesy to yourself. Learn to give yourself a word. Y'all need to go old school, get some oil. Is there, I'm going to ask, I haven't asked this. Is there anybody here crazy enough or anybody online that you got so desperate you couldn't wait for Sunday? You couldn't wait for Wednesday? You couldn't wait to turn on Christian television? You got so desperate you said, I'm going to get some oil. And I'm going to anoint myself. Is there anybody here who anointed themselves? No, I'm preaching. Is there anybody here who knows? You know why you anointed yourself? Because the anointing destroys the yoke. You know why you anointed yourself? Because you learn that you get so desperate. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. There are things you got to do all yourself. You already have the DNA. You have the original plan. All you have to do is activate what God has already placed inside of you. Learn. They didn't want to preach this hard, but 
This sense of dependency on other people for everything. Learn to do things by yourself. One final thing about the earth. This is John chapter 9. This is in order to see it, in order to see it, in order to see it. You got to connect to God's original plan. In order to see it, you got to do things by yourself. One of the other things you got to learn to do by yourself is rebuke yourself. See, before you were getting up and you were about to go runner aisle three, now you're doing the casual kind of, oh yeah, that's right. That, that's the part. Before, like, prophesy, shut people. Now, when they say rebuke yourself, you go like, yeah, that too. That too. Sometimes you got to rebuke yourself more than you prophesy into yourself. You got that? You got to look at that you that you know is not you and you don't tolerate it. I dare you to look at your mirror. Matter of fact, you don't even need a mirror. Get your iPhone, put it on, on self mode. The camera, you flip it where you look at yourself and put that iPhone on and say, you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. What's wrong with you? God didn't make you to do that. God didn't make you to tolerate that. God didn't make you to fall into that trap. God didn't make you to be deceived. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You're a child of God. You have purpose. Learn to rebuke yourself. Are there any questions? We got to hurry. In order to see it, here's here's the point. In order to see it, you, in order to see it, in order to see it, In order to see it, you must reject plan B. Take this away here, sunshine. Sunshine. Thank you. How many people die? Not completely satisfied because they settled for plan B. In relationships in life, even in your faith walk, some people settle for plan B. Jobs, careers, plan B. Do you realize that God has a plan A? Actually, to be very forthright, he only has that plan. We call it plan A. We settle for plan B. The enemy will never leave you without a plan. Because he knows if there's a lack of a plan, you'll be hungry and seeking a plan. So what he does is he gives you something different, a choice. Don't ever think the devil wants to leave you with nothing. That's a lie. Because if you have nothing, you will hunger for something. What he wants to do is give you a lesser version of the big thing that God had for you. No, you missed it. There are people that settle. What does that mean? I'm going to get to the biblical reference about that. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for an Ishmael when God gave you an Isaac. Don't don't settle for manna in the desert when there's milk and honey waiting for you in the promised land. Don't settle for I am okay when Jesus died, resurrected, and sent the Holy Ghost for you to live life and life abundantly. Are you with me right now? Don't settle. Somebody say, don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for living a holy life 75% of the time. 
when he filled you with the Holy Spirit so you can live right according to God's word and will 24-7. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Anybody single in this place, raise your hands. All the single people. All the single people. All the single people. Where you at? Let me see your hands. All the single people, look up here for a second. Here and online, listen carefully. Don't you settle. I could drop the mic and walk away right now. Don't settle. Don't settle for someone who is not in line with your God-given prophetic purpose and destiny. Don't settle for someone who is objectifying you as a sexual object. And they engage in what I referenced before, that proverbial booty call, where they treat you nice when they're hungry for other things, but they're not hungry for righteousness. They're not hungry for holiness. They're not hungry for the will of God. They're not hungry for the Spirit of God. They just want to shack up. Are you with me right now? Don't you settle. Don't be fooled, man. I don't care if they bring you roses. I don't care if they tell you I love you. I don't care if they even go, some of those guys, they can all they want, but if they're not leading you closer to God. Don't you settle for anyone that doesn't draw you closer to the power and the presence of Jesus. Somebody shout, don't settle. If they're not pushing you to living a holier life according to God's word, Precious. It breaks my heart to see people that settle for less. Biblically substantiated. We're a biblical church here. So what does that give me an example, Pastor Sam, like you did for the other two? Sure. Thank you for asking. Mark chapter 8, there was another man who was blind. He wasn't born blind. He used to see before, and then he had an issue with contact lenses and went blind. I'm kidding about the contact lenses. He went blind. But he used to see before. That's why Jesus didn't spit on the ground for him. Because he already knew the original plan. So Jesus spit directly into the guy's eyes. This is a story, Here's a story about a man named Brady. Mark chapter 8. He spits into the man's eyes. And then Jesus looks at him and says, it's behind me on the screen. You can read it. Jesus looks at him and says, all right. Puts his hands on his eyes and goes, what do you see? This is what the guy says. Read it. So cool. The guy goes, I can see. All right. It's not clear, but at least I can see. Jesus didn't walk away and go, good, at least you can see. The guy didn't walk away going, hey, hey, I'm cool. At least I can see. I'm no longer blind. Both of them were not satisfied until he could see perfectly and clearly. He could have settled. You missed it. That man could have said, but at least I can see. Some of you are living a life with at least I can see. Some of you are not blind, but you can't see clearly. 
the majority of people are not blind spiritually, prophetically. They're not blind, but they're not seeing clearly. They're stuck right in the middle. They could see, but it's ambiguous. They could see, but the people look like trees. They could see, but they're not sure about this or about that or about that. Jesus did not die and resurrect so you can just see. He did it all so you could have life and life abundantly. You can't, you can't live life with a lid. Let me say that one more time. Don't live life with a lid. Don't live life with a cap. In Jesus' name, don't settle. What am I trying to tell you right now? You're not going to settle. You're not. Oh, after this service, you're going to see clearly. You're not going to settle for plan B. You won your plan A for your. What does that mean? Don't settle. How many kids do you have? I have four kids. Don't settle for two of your kids being saved and two of your. Are you with me? Don't settle with half your family going to heaven. You're going to settle for all of your family to be saved, all of your family being delivered, all of your family being healed. Are you with me right now? Somebody shout, don't settle. If you're not going to settle anymore, lift up your hands. I mean, if you know that from this moment on, you won't settle. You're not, I don't know if you're getting this. I've heard this. I've learned to manage with life. Don't settle. Don't settle with managing your diabetes. When by the stripes of Christ we are healed. I'm preaching to three people right now. Am I preaching to anybody right now? Don't settle with saying, I'm going to handle the doctor's medical report and try to create a new reality around it. You need to stand up in the name of Jesus and speak, I declare, I am covered by the blood of the Lamb. I declare, I declare that by the stripes of Christ, I am healed. Is there anyone in this church right now that will dare to lift up their hands and say, from this moment on, as for me and my house, we will not settle. If you're willing not to settle, Give God a shout of praise like you're never going to settle. Lift up your hands. How about your children and your children's children? Don't settle. Look at me. Don't, I feel God. Don't settle with saying, but my kids, we need more hope. That's why these Holy Spirit encounters. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. If you, if I can come here, lift up your hands. I'm, I'm tired. I'm not, no more. I can't. This, we, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle for gatherings where all we do is gauge in some sort of echo chamber of mutual affirmation where we celebrate each other and clap on occasion and hear an inspirational word. I'm not here to inspire you. I'm here to kick every devil out of your family. We, we come together not to be motivated. We come together to rebuke the hell out of every single environment, to declare the blood of Jesus, to declare that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Are you with me? We're here because I want you to be saved. I want you to be delivered. I want you to be healed. I want you to live God's abundant life. Don't settle. Somebody shout, don't settle. I'm tired of Manny Petty Christianity. I'm tired of, of working on your feet and your fingernails and putting some paint and chemicals on you just for you to think you are great and look good. Stuff that inevitably will fall away after a certain number of days or weeks. No, man. This is about eternity and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. Are you with me? 
I'm tired of the devil making inroads, man. We need a church that'll say, I'm not happy with, I can see. I want to see perfectly. I want to see my children going from glory to glory. I want to see my marriage blessed. I want to see my relationships full of the glory of God. One more time. Is there one person here who will not settle for plan B, but will it embrace everything? Don't settle. Stand with me. You already are standing. Don't settle. Don't settle. Somebody say, don't settle. Lift up your hands. This message is, don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for coming to church on Sunday and maybe on Wednesday when every single day God has something new for you every single day. I just feel God. Why, why would you settle for anything less than God's perfect will for your life? I just, why? You know, you know what makes us settle? Our past. So if our past was so discombobulated, jacked up, If our past was so horrific, then when something better than that shows up, just a little bit, but not the best. Because we get so desperate to come out of that. You know what I'm saying? We settle for this, which is not even that. No, no. And this is God. This is God. And then you hear God over here going like, that's not me. The devil knew that you were going to get tired of that. So he said something a little bit better, but it's not me. It looks better, but it's not me. Don't fall for that. I'm telling you, God's telling you, I got this right here. Over here, there's abundant life. Over here, there's glory. Over here, there's ministry. Over here, there's prophetic impartation. Over here, your dream becomes a reality. Over here, purpose is fulfilled. The enemy says, they're tired of bacon, so I'm going to give them some. And they give you, don't settle. I don't know why this is happening today. If God's speaking to you at some level, raise your hand. Even in your job, you settle for a paycheck when he wanted you to have a career. And then you're 25 years later, you're working. You're like, oh, it's Monday. Relationships, your spiritual walk, don't settle. Don't settle. Everybody close your eyes, lift up your hands. I just sense God in this place. Don't settle. In order to see it, you have to reject plan B, but it has to be you. God won't force you. You have to see, you say, I reject plan B. That's it. From this moment on, I'm never going to live in nothing other than plans A. God's plan A for my life, for my children, for my health, for my calling. In Jesus' name. Put your hands down for a second. Look up here for a second. Look up here. Final thing. Look up here. Look up here. One more example. Just as you stand, it's just 30 seconds here. Paul, he was Saul. 
persecuted Christians, hated Christians. He had some issues with Christians. He was responsible for Stephen. You know the story. If not, there was a guy named Paul. He was Saul, Hebrew name, Paul, Greek, same guy. And, and he would kill Christians. He was the top Mac Daddy Mac of the Pharisee class. The boss of bosses, him and a guy named Gamaliel. And Paul comes along. He was the mafia leader, the godfather of the Pharisee class. The Don Corleone. Am I giving you the same example? You get it. So he, he's walking to Damascus to kill more Christians. What a trip. He's on his way to kill Christians. I'm on a way to kill Christians. I'm on a way to Christians. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up like a light. No, I mean literally like a light. And but I mean literally, I don't mean like figuratively speaking. No, literally like a light that it blinded the man. And I don't mean blind figuratively speaking. No, physically speaking, the guy lost his sight. He couldn't see. He was physically blinded, not just spiritually. Yes, he was spiritually to himself in the past. Yeah, I get that. But he was blinded. He couldn't see. So he went like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then Jesus talks to him and says, yo, why, why are you persecuting me, man? That's the rest of history. That's why we're here today to a great degree. So watch this. He was blinded. The next time he opened up his eyes, they prayed for him, got full of the Holy Spirit, his eyes opened up. Watch this. God will blind you to your now in order to open your eyes up to the next. God will do this to you. This is crazy. This is what God does. God looks at you and says, listen, I want to do something. And this is what you tell God. But, but right now I have things in my life, my family, my kids, my health, my this, my that. I, I, God says, look, I have this great thing for you. But, but, but right, 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 right now, right now, right now. And God says, look, I have this. But right now, God says, all right, enough. God says, I'm going to blind you to now. I'm going to do this to now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blind you to your now in order to open your eyes up to the next. So if right now you're a child of God and it feels like you don't know where you're going and you're losing your quote unquote air quotes vision, put a smile on your face. Don't get in a fetal position and start crying like a baby. If I were you, I start praising right now because if, if, you're lo if you don't know what's right now, if you're losing your sight to now, it's only because he's blinding you to your now in order to open up your eyes to your next. And when you open up your eyes next, you're, gonna, you're not going to see devils, demons, legions, bondage, breaking, cursing. You're going to see angels, glory, grace, truth, love, power, peace. Are you with me? All right. Look up here. In order to see it, in order to see it, there was Elijah's servant went up the mountain seven times. He couldn't see it. He didn't see it. Didn't see seven times. He sees a cloud the size of a man's fist. And that's sometimes you just got to keep on doing it until you see it. You just keep on. Pastor Sam, but I've been praying for seven years. My kid's still not in church. My husband still treats me that way. When do I? Enough is I won't stop until I see it. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. Keep on prophesying. Keep on quoting scripture. Keep on declaring the word of God. You don't stop until you see it. Are you with me right now? Are you? I'm done. I'm done. Are there any questions? You all have any questions? Anybody here have questions? If this spoke to anybody, raise your hand. If you're never going to settle for plan B ever again, raise both hands. 
and from this moment on, you'll pray for yourself, prophesy to yourself, anoint yourself, praise by yourself, and rebuke yourself. Raise both hands and a foot. Anybody here have kids? Raise your hands. Anybody here going to have kids one day? Raise both hands. Anybody here want to give their kids away? Stop that. Stop that. Anybody here on occasion still act like a kid? Hopefully we all do. When I act like a kid, I remind myself of the scripture that the kingdom is for the children. Look up, you look up, you look up, you look up. I have a daughter named Evie. I have three kids. They're all three beautiful. I love them all equally. They're beautiful. My son's a little bit mediocre. Everyone else came out. Sorry, just to wait. But I'm not going to settle. I'm praying him out of that. That's Pastor Nate. Of course, I'm kidding. He's the best. I have three wonderful kids. One of them, since she was little, even in her teen years, had this obsession with the Holy Spirit. Like, but, but like different. I mean, there's normal and there's like this obsession. And, she, and, and like, what is it? What's wrong with this girl? That's Evie. And then she's a teenager. She says, I want to have my own camp. I want to have a camp. I'm going to call it double portion because I want everybody to get double portion of the Holy Spirit. True story. We would pray and, you know, we would do traditional biblical prayers like Heavenly Father, Our Father. So help me God. This is the way Evie would always pray. From the get-go, Holy Spirit, and I'm going like, what's up with this girl? Right? So why am I telling you all of this? You're saying, I thought we wrapped up. We did, but watch up here. Two days, three days ago, Pastor Ev and I, I was preaching for a guy named John Kilpatrick. John is the pastor of a Brownsville revival, something that took place in the 1990s. Uh, it was a move of God that lasted for five years. Thousands upon thousands traveled from all over the world. They would wait in lines. I should know I was there on two occasions. I waited from 6 o'clock in the morning to get into a church service where I sat in the back of the bus because the glory of God was there. Out of my three kids, I only took one to that revival. She was six years old. Guess who it was? Evie. They had children's church. I said, I'm not letting you go to church. She was six. I said, I sat her on my lap and I said, receive this. She's six. She was in an environment full of glory. She's six. That moment, six years old, she didn't even know. She wasn't cognizant because even if she wasn't aware, the, the anointing penetrates. I don't know where you get this. It's like oil. It soaks into you. Why am I telling you all of this? Don't settle with your children and your children's children. I need you to believe that the anointing that's in you and the mantle that's in you will be transferred over to them. I don't care what it looks like right now. Your children will prophesy. Your children will declare the word of the Lord. Your children will shift the atmosphere. Don't settle. Close your eyes. Over time. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to seal this word by the power of your Holy Spirit in every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Seal this word. Help us never to settle. Make sure we never settle for plan B when all you have is a perfect plan A. 
Help us, Lord. Help us to learn to pray for ourselves and, and, and just praise by ourselves and prophesy into ourselves, anoint ourselves and rebuke ourselves if need be. And Lord, help us to keep on going. We won't stop until. Lord, help us understand that sometimes you blind us to our now so we can open up our eyes to our next. Lord, we believe you for this right now. Thank you for connecting us to your perfect plan, the original design, and we're connected to nothing other than your original plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11. In the name of Jesus, we declare these things. In the Look up here. Say, in Jesus' name. So get ready to see yourself holy like you've never seen yourself before. Get ready to see yourself healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, and honoring God. Get ready to see yourself moving mountains, rebuking devils and demons, laying hands on the sick. Get ready to see yourself praying in a heavenly language. Get ready to see yourself driving to work and being filled with the glory of God and having a radical worship service. Get ready.